strategies. We don't have time to go into all of these. Uh, you obviously don't want to, these are scenarios, you don't want to buy the properties because we already bought them. Don't want you paying full price. But real fast, we're going to go through about seven real estate strategies. There's over 30 of them that you can learn, but let's just go through these real quick. And we're going to equate them to dating. Because I know everybody in here has been on at least one date. Can we agree? Yeah. Everybody's been on at least one date. It may have been a long time ago. It may have been yesterday. It doesn't matter. It's all the same principle, right? So when we talk about buy and hold investing, this is where we're getting that cash flow money into our bank accounts every month, like clockwork, right? You're gonna make at least a three to five year investment into the property. What might that be in the dating world? We're gonna make a long-term investment into a property. We're gonna get cash flow every month. What would that be potentially in the dating? Marriage, right? Marriage. Now, the guy might be a fixer-upper in the beginning or the woman might be a fixer-upper in the beginning. You might have to do some work, you know, to, to get them in line, get them in place. But yeah, that turns into the long-term relationship of marriage. So we talked about buy and hold. You just sort of think about it as that marriage, that long-term investment. What about foreclosure? Where somebody gets separated from a property. They need it separated because of <coughs> mortgage, HOA, insurance, lots of different things. What would that be in the dating world? Divorce. You guys are getting it. Just shout them out. Type them in online, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, divorce, right? We don't ask whose fault it is, but again, that's an opportunity. We already talked about that being a red car opportunity for you when somebody's getting a divorce. We got to find out how to go ahead and do that. And unfortunately, during COVID, there were a lot of divorces, true? Lots of opportunities. Creative acquisition, what does this mean? You may not have money or you may not have credit. Because everybody knows how to buy property. If I got a good job, good credit score, good income verification, W-2 job, I can go to the bank and get a mortgage. What if I don't? What if I don't have cash or I don't have credit? Can I still buy property? Okay. So what? when do you get creative in the dating process typically? What? Ther therapy? <laughs> Hope you're not dating your therapist. <laughs> creative. When might you get creative? Let's say you don't have a lot of money in the beginning. Like, where might you go for a date? To the park. Applebee's or to the park. You do a picnic. All right, there. So in the beginning, right? So we call that courtship or dating, right? In the beginning, you might get creative. You might, you know, go, hey, instead of going to the bar and the club, let's go watch the sunset, get a bottle of wine, some champagne, get some hors out there. Oh, isn't this lovely? Right? And what have we got? No money and no credit. What? Single? Uh, usually the ladies go, no date. But they were like, I think that's what they're in front. Inference when they said, you know, single, that type of thing. Right? No money, no credit. Can we buy property? Yes. Yes. Is it harder? 100% yes. Takes more time, more knowledge, all those things. But can I buy a property? I bought lots of properties where they never checked my credit score. I did have a 350 credit score and I'm approved. Not saying I do, but you could. Right? I, we even bought... 69 units with a thousand dollars down and your credit score. 
I don't know what your credit score is, but you're approved. Why don't I know, have to know what your credit score is? Because they never checked it. All right, that was a $1.15 million deal, $1,000 down in your credit score. I'll show you the HUDs behind that, the whole thing. Can't talk about a deal unless we've done it. But no money, no credit. Right. It just takes more knowledge. It takes more relationships. It takes more things to go ahead and do that. What do we call that in the dating world? Line date? <laughs> well, you still probably need money or credit to go out. But no, um, you guys all do it. Depending on your generation, you just call it something different. What? Online dating? We call it... Netflix or chill? <laughs> Netflix and chill or friends with benefits? <laughs> Netflix or chill or friends with benefits? So whichever you prefer, right? And how can you not laugh at that photo, right? <laughs> so as we do this, what I'm just trying to show you is there's different ways of going about this, of buying real estate. How about multifamily units? So the thing in a multifamily unit is typically one property with multiple doors on it. Now, if you got one bad tenant, they're going to piss off all the other tenants, cause them to move out. All right. So we get a lot of tied landlords. We buy a lot of Oreos, other real estate investors' portfolios. What is that in the dating world? Do you think Utah? You can think <laughs> sister wise. So that's polygamy. Right, polygamy, or now there's polyamorous. So, you know, but again, if we piss off one wife, one husband, one whatever, they could piss off all the others. So, we got to make sure we manage that right and we take care of the property and, and we do all those different things. Now, how about this one? Lease option. So, let me explain a little bit about what this is. This is the ability to rent a property for a while because you may not have cash or you may not have credit with the option to buy it in the future. All right, if you're going to live in the property, you might fix it up. You might do some things. You might not. You might have to make a certain number of payments. Similar to a land contract. What would this be in the dating world? Side, side check. <laughs> no. Remember, you're, you're renting the property. That means you're living there for a while with the option to buy it later. They even wrote a song about it. Okay. Close. Living with somebody before marriage. <laughs> right so you move in and they wrote a song about it right you better put a ring on it right so that's that's the thing and we're just equating that so you guys understand that there's all these different strategies for buying real estate there's even more than this but what i want you guys to do is start seeing the opportunities where they weren't there before some of you guys are well i can't afford a property or i can't get into one you can you just don't know it yet i believe everybody can have access to real estate. They just don't know the strategy yet that matches their current financial situation. Whatever your current financial situation is, there's a way to combine it to get into whatever investment property, whatever it happens to be, right? But you got to have that growth mindset. You got to be willing to think and grow and change and learn and be able to do different things because we've all played Monopoly before. How do you win at Monopoly? By Buying everything's one part of it, but how do you truly win? You guys don't know how mean you are to your friends yet. One of the mark. What? One of the mark. Well, that's buy everything. The way you win in Monopoly is you bankrupt your friends. 
You guys understand that? You send them to bankruptcy court and they lose everything. You foreclose on them, you take everything back, and that's what you do to your friends. But if everybody's trying to get part place and boardwalk, can't all have the same strategy. And the problem with most people is they only have one strategy. Jeff Bezos here at one point was the wealthiest man in the world. He was making $250,000 a year at his job as, a, as an attorney. Right? You go back to like 10 years ago when the internet wasn't this whole great thing it was. And he told all his friends, he's going to quit and go sell books online. <laughs> you know what they all told him? He was crazy. This internet thing's in its infancy stage. Who's going to buy books online when they can go to a bookstore? And all these things. Oh, he was new. He was a Looney Tunes. They were making fun of him. A lot of you guys ask, what do I got to change to get where I want to be? Jeff Bezos asks a different question. What's not going to change? What's not going to change? That's how he came up with books and learning. All the way back to the caveman, cavewoman days. There was drawings on the wall. Then it got forward. Now we learn off our phones. Right? You take your classes on there. You listen to things, podcasts, all those things. So what's not going to change? People will always need more housing. We provide one of the three basic needs of every human being. One of the three basic needs of every human being? Food, water, shelter. That's it. Some people usually say clothing, but there are those shows online, right? Or naked and afraid where you can run around and do all sorts of things on islands. You don't necessarily need clothing, but we appreciate you wearing that. <laughs> we do. Right? But as there's more people, they need more housing. So it's something that's never going to go out of style. Prices may go up and down, but it never goes out of style, real estate. That's why it's one of the, the wealth factors. People will always need more income. This was, you know, really evident in the last couple of years with the amount of inflation that we've had. Anybody ever watch the movie Home Alone? Okay. I want you to go back and watch that movie. The next time you watch it, when Kevin goes to the store and he buys all the things that he buys in two full shopping bags, eggs, milk, to build this whole breakfast for the family, guess how much money he spends? $20. He's got a 20. Goes there, he spends 20. It's so heavy that on the way home, everything breaks in the two plastic bags and falls out. You go to the store today. Go try and buy eggs, milk, bread, and like four or five other things. You think that's going to cost you more than $20? Yeah. So we always need to make more income. Economies will go up and down. I don't care what you invest in. Bitcoin, stock market, real estate, it's going to crash. Everything's going to crash. But that's an opportunity if you understand it. I don't know exactly what your dream is, where you want to be. If you want to be on that island, right? Living the life on a boat. If you want to be on a ski top mountain. I don't know your dreams. You have to make it come through. We can show you the path. You have to take the action. They're not making any more land. This is a scarce resource. It takes 3,000 years for that lava flow in Hawaii to turn into usable soil. 3,000 years. Most of us will not be around. Can we agree? 
More wars are fought over land and resources than any other reason. They use religion, they use politics, they use all these things to take the land. Okay? So you control one of the most valuable assets. And those who know the strategies make more money. That's how I can go in there and get deals that other people can't get. That's how I can go in there and negotiate deals that other people can't because I know all the different strategies. I only know three, which is what the average person knows. Buy and hold, fix and flip, and wholesaling. Using money from hard money lenders, banks, or cash. That's it. That's what the average person does. I've got all these other strategies that I can implement to get where I want to be. And the way to get people to say yes. And you can do this. Doesn't matter your education level. Doesn't matter your financial level. But I will say this. If I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of money, and great credit score, can I do more? Yeah, quicker, faster. So that's where I want to be. If I've got a 350 credit score, $500 on the bank, can I do it? Yes, it's just harder. You're going to need more tenacity to stay with it. Right? But you can do this and you can get started anyway. I'm not going to go through all of these because we don't have time to run through all the deals here. But what I do want to show you is this. We have what's called massive income strategies. Massive income means you have time, right, to do things. So it might be fix and flip. It might be foreclosures. Short sales are not short. They take a year to do, right? Wholesaling, you're going to run around and find a whole bunch of properties and buying properties at auction. You're going to take a lot of time. We also have what we call passive strategies where you can just sit back and collect a check. So we talked about that with our velocity banking about being able to get out of debt. You'll come back for another video of that. Single family rentals, right? Um, Airbnb rentals, we buy apartment complexes, creative acquisitions, little money, little credit, lease options, commercial real estate. I've done every one of these strategies that I'm showing you or, and or I've coached people through that process. And usually I've done both, right? To go ahead and do that. And that's why we developed the systems here to make it easy for you to go ahead and do the flybys, the drive-bys, and all the different things that you need to do uh, so that you can find the deals, you can get access to it, be able to go ahead, run your analysis, because numbers don't lie, but people stretch the truth on where we want to be. So you can go ahead and analyze that and be able to get into all the different things, including building your own websites. So you guys can go ahead and do that. Now, on the back side of this, it's not about how much money you always make. It's about how much money you keep. Can we agree? Some people just in this room make really good money at their jobs, but they're getting crushed on their taxes. I won't ask you to raise your hand because then people will be like, let me money, right? <laughs> but the first thing that comes out of your paycheck, no matter what your income is, is what? Taxes. All right, so you get the small piece of the pot. You're paying with everything with leftover money. All right, I like the big piece of the pot. The big piece of the pie says, I have a business. Everything runs through my business. And only if I have money left over at the end of the year do I pay taxes. So I just went to South Africa for 14 days. We did some volunteering. We learned about the culture. We went on safari. I looked at some real estate. Talked about doing business there. I picked up a new investor there. About as long as 50% of my trip is tax deductible, guess what the whole thing becomes? Tax deductible. It's like a $10,000 trip that gets written off of my taxes now. Oh, it was hard. 
taking pictures of elephants. <laughs> it was hard finding the lions. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we did some stuff with the kids, which was an amazing experience. We were probably going to go build a well in Africa and be able to go back and do things. But there's all these things we can write off on our taxes. I won't go through all of these right now with you guys. You guys come back for more. But what if you could hire your kids or your grandkids or your nieces or nephews? They actually have to do stuff in your business, but you can hire them and pay them. So instead of, and that becomes a tax write-off for you, and instead of, right, so you get the tax deduction. They don't pay any taxes as long as they stay under the, the minimum. And now you use their debit card to pay for things like their school clothing, their lessons, their sports or music lessons or all those things are now written off on your taxes. You don't have to pay tax on the money. They don't have to pay tax on the money because now it's an expense. You even can write, rent off part of your home if you wanted to. Because you guys have a little golf tournament here in Georgia. It's a pretty famous golf tournament that happens once a year. It was a little tax loophole that got passed through based on that golf tournament. So that all the wealthy people there didn't want to pay taxes when they rented out their houses for two weeks. You go past 14 days, you rent it for 15 days, you have to pay tax on everything. You stay 14 days or less, zero in taxes on it. You guys know what that golf tournament is? The Masters. All right, the Masters. That's a small little community around the Masters, right? So, what if you could rent out your home, take that money and put it in your pocket and pay for your for your next business trip or family vacation. Would that be okay? How many people would be freaked out where their significant other would be freaked out if somebody else slept in their bed? Raise your hand. <laughs> Raise your hand high. Okay. What if you rented it to your business and on the board of directors of your business happened to be some family members that had to come visit? Like maybe around Jolly St. Nick time. Or the Easter Bunny time. Guess what? Your business has to pay for their flights, their travel, all of those things, and then becomes a tax deduction. Because you didn't want to do it. Oh no, your business wanted to do it. I had to meet with your board of directors. I've had to do a board of director meeting in Hawaii, in Maui, on you know and rent a condo there for like five days. And then we went snorkeling for team bonding and hang out with some turtles and things. Is that okay with you guys? I really, you know, I'm so white. I burned so easy. I didn't really want to go, but somebody had to do it for our business, right? It's hard. It's hard breaking that sweat in the sun. But most of you guys look like this at the end of the month. We got more month than month. Because you're having to pay your taxes first. You're having to do all those things. So that's the opportunity you have with the community here. I won't go into the velocity banking side of this. You're going to come back for that. We'll talk to you guys about the business. But this is what I say to all my people. You guys can take a picture of this. You can use it. Just give me credit for it. In order to change the size of your wallet. I don't know if you want a fat wallet or a fat bank account. You got to change these six inches first. First, you have to change your mindset before, you, before your wallet can change. Because your, your, your bank account and your life is a result of these six inches. Whether you like that or not, 
It's not somebody else's fault. It's not somebody else's situation. It's your brain that you've been listening to. Sometimes you have to listen to somebody else's brain, get where you want to be, because they've been through things, they see things, they they know the outcomes that are there. So you'll come back for the velocity banking. They'll show you how to, you can potentially pay off debt faster with some golden rules and all the fun things to go ahead and do that, whether you're in Vegas or New York or here in Georgia. They'll walk you through the different scenarios like that on how you can get started. But sometimes you guys come to us looking like that. All right. Had a bad day, looking for things. And all we want to do is give you a little bit of hope. <laughs> all right. A little bit of hope. That's not my baby photos, but some people, when they train on this, they're like, that's you. So, but what we showed you is the ability to get some hope. What if you could get started with $50 to take a test drive of what we did? Would that be okay with you? All the way up, you know, you could get started with $425 down, all the way to $30,000, depending on what you want to do. What I'm saying is you stair-step things. You take a drive, you take the next step, you move to the next step, and you do that. All right? And... You get your money back in many different ways from your tax deductions, right? Just think about all those tax deductions you guys are missing. What if you get that back and that pays for them? What if you can save money on your debt, get out of debt faster? How would it feel to be debt-free? What if you could be debt-free in five, in like, a, you know, a year to three years? Would that be okay with you? Most people can do it in that time frame. Some people take a little longer. Some people don't want it. Some people get close to being debt-free. They're like, I don't want it. I want to borrow more money because I want to invest more, right? Because we use it for good investments to make things. So you have that opportunity. All you need to do is talk to the person that invited you here and they will set you up with the next step on how you guys can go through this, show you the training, show you the different things, show you the different paths on how you can get started. Does that sound good? Yeah. Awesome. I went a little long, huh? Okay. All right. So that being the case, we're going to take 45 minutes for lunch. We're going to start back at 2. All right. For those of you guys in Vegas, I'm sure you got food nearby. Those of you guys at home, simple, walk to your kitchen. Those of you guys here in the room, they brought food in for you. So you don't even have to go anywhere. Uh, does anybody, we got a couple more books. If anybody wants one of those, I'll sign them and all the things. And then reach out to the person that invited you here today. They'll go ahead and get you set up for the next step in the process. And then this afternoon, like I said, we're going to go through finding deals in six minutes. I'm going to show you how we did that creative financing deal. <laughs> By the way, that um, that that we did where they went from 250 and they were happy at 235. I'll, I'll walk you through that full scenario because we ended up just selling that in December. So lots of cool things with that. So stay tuned, stay plugged in, take your 45-minute break. We'll be back right at 2 o'clock. See you guys soon. Those of you guys here, it's Grab Launching Network. Woo!
how to put these. Right, we're going to show you how to put these systems in place for you so that you have stuff like this. Right? Now, I'll be full disclosure for you guys for the next 45 days or month and a half, you're going to get emails from me. I'm going to be really tired of writing them. Remember, I told you it takes me eight hours to write an email, right? <laughs> They're going to come out. Just reminding you, just keeping you plugged in. Just letting you guys know what's going on. This is one of the things that we teach people how to do. That can show you how to get a free funnel system. For free. Right? You get three funnels for free. Would that be all right for you? You can create it for anything you want. So we, we trade value for value, right? Here, and this is a week. All right. Uh, maybe this went backwards on me. Hold on one second. Let me catch us back up to speed. Um, we're at. So is there any questions online? Anything like that for anybody anywhere? What's up, Sharon? What's up, Keith, Kathy, Christy, Brian? I'm just... Let me get us back to where we were. Just faster. We were going to talk about a deal. And I told you some of the keys to this is the ability for you guys to give people stories and information. So this is one of the Airbnb properties that we did just pre-COVID. Just pre-COVID. Did we know COVID was going to happen and properties in Florida were going to take off? No. Right. We actually closed on this in August of 2020 or September or something like that. It kept getting pushed back. But right, it was right in the beginning of COVID. Nobody knew travel was being shut down. A lot of places were making short-term rentals illegal during that time because they didn't want people coming in and out of areas and everything like that. But as you can see, this property was in really good condition. You could sit in the living room and see out the bedroom window. So if you look just to the left of that countertop, right? see how you can see all the way through? You go all the way out the, the bedroom window. See the neighbor's house if you sat in the living room. Because everything from six feet and below is no longer there. Now on this side of the house, it looks okay. So obviously this had a mold problem. It was so bad that the bathtub was disintegrated. Um, let's see the match shot. See if it's on the next one. No. All right. Uh, you did actually easily get to photos oh, by yeah. So it's hard to see in that, but there's a sheet that's right behind that toaster oven. That's what separates the back. No backsplash, no nothing. And of course it's Florida, so you really need a stone hearth in there. 
for your wood burning stove, right? In the in the one month of winter, that drops to like sixty degrees. Freezing. So we've been working on this deal for a while, and we got it under contract for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right. So write that number down for you, $250,000. Now, two terms I never want you to say to a homeowner. Ready? Owner financing or seller financing. Why do I never want you to say that to a homeowner? They don't understand it. What does it sound like? Sounds like you don't have money. Sounds like you don't have money. Also, it sounds complicated. Owner finance and seller financing. I don't want to do that. Anybody want to owner finance my deal? None of you guys even raise your hand. You know what that term means. <laughs> <laughs> right? But most people automatically say no. Those are trigger words to be like, no. Sounds like you're going to be, you know, I'm not going to get my money for a really long time. What if I said, what if I, is it okay if I pay you more money than you're asking for just over time for your house? What if I did pay you more money than you listed your house for maybe an extra $25,000 just over time? You'd be okay with that? How many people would say yes to that? All right. Over time, yeah. Just over time. Whatever that time happens to be. Right? But people are going to say yes to that, where the other one they automatically reject. If I didn't pay you more money than you're asking for, would that be okay with you? Oh, heck yeah. He's crazy. He wants to pay me more than I'm asking? Sure. Let's talk about it. Right? Let's talk about it. So we said, hey, so... That's how we initiate the conversation. Now, once we get into it, we get into the details of what is over time, how is that, right? So on this deal, the mom was obviously uh, a little senile because she was living in this house in this condition. And the kids wanted to move her back to California. And uh, remember, she was living with the disintegrated mold on one side and she lived on the other. She just never went to that side of the house. And that's why she had the curtain there to sort of divide it. Uh, on that so we said okay we'll, we'll pay you the 250 right and you guys will we'll finance it over time we'll make payments so you'll end up getting about 275,000 right and we'll refinance it pay you off and and you'll be on your way and you'll be able to take care of it we'll make you a monthly payment because there was no mortgage on the property we'll make you a monthly payment so that you can help offset the cost of your mom's elderly care facility so we'll go ahead and do that because this house needs about 80,000 in rehab. So obviously we can't pay full price. We gotta finance it over time, then we'll be able to pay you off. So great, we'll go ahead and do that. So just before we got to the closing table, they were like, we can't do the deal. All documents have been signed, like attorneys are you know, doing the inspections, all the different things. And they're like, our friends told us we were crazy if we signed this deal. and. You guys are stealing it from us and doing all these things because we got to pay for this and this, right? So, okay, let's talk about how much money do you need? They're like, well, we got to pay off the mold. 
loan. We got to pay some moving expenses. We got to do some of these things. So it's like, what? So you need like 15 grand up front to cover that? They're like, yeah. It's like, all right. So what we'll do is we'll pay you the $15,000 cash. We'll buy it for $235. We'll make the payments over time. They'll come to like two, $260 is what you'll make on the deal, but you'll have the 15 grand up front because we still got to come out up. We still got to come up with $80,000 cash. So now you're making us come up with $100,000 cash to fix the house in order to go do ahead these things. Does that work for you guys? And they said, yes. So we bought the house for 235,000, not 250. We gave them the 15 grand up front. So they financed $220,000 out of it. it. Ended up making the, the interest over time. And they were happy because they could tell their friends, hey, that guy from New York came in, tried to buy my house. We got $15,000 up front to pay off all this. Stuff, and they're making us payments. And we're going to make $20,000 on the backside. That was a story they could tell their friends. <laughs> About six months later, after we closed, guess what we got? A phone call. Hey, can we go back to that original deal? You were going to pay us more money. We were going to make more money over the whole thing. Like, sorry, you already took the $15,000 that we would have paid you over time, right? With extra and all of that. So it wasn't, it's the psychology. So I want you guys to understand. It's not always about the numbers. It's not always about the price. Not any of those things that gets a deal closed. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. A lot of times, it's about the story and making them feel like they won. They felt they won. They went back to all their friends. See, we got $15,000 out of them. We got this cash. We're all set. We won. You know your numbers. Well, I always tell you guys, numbers never lie, but people stretch the truth. If you know your numbers, you know what it is. I know as high as I can go on every deal. I don't start at high. I start lower, but I know as high as I can go on every deal. I know, boom, boom, boom. When they told us that, I said, let me go run my numbers. So sure, I'll give you the 15 grand cash you can, but I got to drop the price so that I can offset this, so that I can do this and do that. And they were just happy they were getting the cash and they were getting more money over time. It's the story. But everybody thinks it's about the purchase price. It's not about the purchase price. It's about the problems we will solve for you. Write that down. It's about the problems we will solve. So if I walk in right now, you said you want $500,000 for your house. I say, cool. You say, what do you need it for? You're like, well, I got to pay all these bills off. What if I just said, I just take away all your bills? You don't owe any more money. One feels better. Which one feels better? No more bills. Is it about the price? I take away all your bills. You're like, sure, man. Take it. I get to start fresh. I get over. For most of you. There's some of you that also don't know I want that price. Most of you guys would be like, no, if I'm debt free, woo, I can do whatever I want now. Which means you get back more debt. But I'm just joking. No, I'm, but 
No, what I'm just saying is, right? Like, so understand that. Because if you're dealing with real estate agents, if you're dealing with different people, they're going to be like, it's on the price. And I'm like, no, it's on me solving the problem of the other person. If I know what their problem is, I can structure a deal to solve it and take their stress away. If I take their stress away, they give me their house. So they don't care about the price anymore. They care about whatever problem we just solved. Right? That making sense for you guys? So we'll, we'll adjust these numbers, but we were into it for 235, put 8,000 into it. So we're into it for about 315. We actually sold it for like $620,000 because interest rates went up a little bit when we originally did this analysis. I got to update this. It was 650, but is that a pretty good return? Now I can't take credit for all of that. That's why I'm different than the TikTok users. I'm not like, oh, come follow me and let me show you how to make double your money. No. Part of that's the real estate market. I did expect it to go to 450. So we were into it for about $120,000 profit. The extra? That was the crazy market. All right? That's the crazy market condition. But because we were in the game, we get the bonus. We weren't in the game going, oh, should I, should I, should I, should I? We miss it. That's where the CDA, the consistent daily action comes in. So do you see how the story and allowing them to do that? But I knew my numbers up front. I knew where I could go. I knew where my expenses was. I knew what I didn't rent it out for. I know that if I rented this three bedroom, two bath home, I could get anywhere from when we first bought it, $1,500 to $2,000 a month. Revenue. $1,500 to $2,000 a month. I know when I rented on Airbnb weekly, because that's what was allowed in this area, it was weekly. I could get six to $8,000. Set a pool, canal, all the things. Right. Not a joke. So, what does every real estate agent tell you that you need to spend your money on when you do a rehab? Kitchen. Kitchen. Bathrooms. bathrooms. You see a picture of the kitchen or bathrooms there? No. Because you don't care when you're on vacation. <laughs> but it's not your number one concern. It's not your number one concern. You care about that view. Pool in the canal. How many people can picture themselves staying at that property just based off five photos? How many people want to stay there? All you get is five photos. All you get is one primary photo. That one primary photo right there, do you think people want to click on that pool view? Sunset behind it. You notice there isn't a picture of the kitchen or bath in any of those top five. And you already want to stay there. Do they? <laughs> do they? Or do they still look at that picture first and picture themselves already living there? Right? Wake up with dolphins swimming by. 
Oh, that's a great idea. It looked like a flower. There you go with the dolphins going by under your dock. There's your right. See the fish in the canal, your, your pool area. And sit on the couch and watch the boats go by. $194 a night. Um, so the question is, why do you sell it? So that's what it falls down to. Timing, um, we had some shifts in the Airbnb market, business partner, other deals, right? So each one of these is a case-by-case -case decision on what, what you want to do, where you want to go um, for that. So you'll see this little red tag, needs with super hotel on it, right? So we've been rated that. But when I do these types of properties, especially if it's that big of a rehab, we do it in two phases. I want you guys to write this down. Phase one, get it running. Phase two, make it free. Phase one, get it running. Phase two, make it free. To make it what? Pretty. Pretty. It needed a new pole. It needed certain things. Well, that would take what? Time and money. Or I can generate revenue. And then that revenue will pay for it. Which would you rather do? So get it running, then make it pretty. What I see a lot of people do is spending that extra three months or two months doing that last bit of the rehab where they could have been generating revenue and then take it down in the off season, the slow season. So we didn't redo the pool. Pool ended up with a nice, you can see this yellow Spanish look to it. It ended up with a nice blue look around the outside when we we're all said and done, but we took it down the following August. Why did we take the property offline in August for a month? How many people want to go to Florida in August? Super hot, all those things. So that was our lowest booking month. So why don't we just take it offline then, do the pool. And what we did is we took the money from the first year's rental, got a new pool. Did the things that we need to do to make it look pretty. Phase one, get it running. It's nice. But there's still things that need to be improved. Two, take the, the revenue you generated, reinvest it back in the property, make it pretty so it's not coming out of your pocket. You got a question? I can see it in your face. <laughs> you what? No? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense for you guys, though? Because some people are like, where do I get the rehab money? Just break it up into two phases. What really needs to get done? To get the property up and running. It's up and running. It's generating revenue. Now I can take it back offline. In the slow season. That's why we talk about seasonality. Now I can. I have income coming in. I have reviews. I have all those things. 
take it down real quick. Do the re do whatever I need to do all at the same time. At the same time we did the pool, we did the water pipes because there happened to be some leaks coming. I don't know if you guys know Florida, but they don't have basements. And a house built for like 1980, all of the water pipes are run through, the plumbing pipes are run through the foundation. What happens is they start getting these little pinhole leaks in the water pipes, in the foundation. How many of you guys want to go chop up your foundation all the time? Well, a couple of those started happening. It's like, all right, well, let's redo the PVC. So we, had, we did PVC through the, yeah. through the property. Do that at the same time we're doing the pool. Bam. Done on the same time frame. We control when it happens. And it didn't come out of our pocket. We just reinvested the money that the, the property was generating. That makes sense? Yeah. So when we look at this logically, because some people will be like, no, I got to make it pretty. Got to be perfect before I start renting it. No, it doesn't. You want cash in your bank account? Or you want to keep paying those bills? Let it pay for itself. Any questions on this? So this property on average generated about $60,000 a year. Right. Is that okay part-time job? Yeah. Paid our cleaners about 7,000. So the net on it was about 51,000. Mortgage payments, taxes, interest, insurance, all those things. The thing that started to kill this property was the insurance for the same reason. There's a funny uh, Instagram video we have of the water comes all the way up to just before the, the pool area there. All right? Last hurricane that came through, water came all the way up just before the pool area. That's why you have a pool, because you can lower the water. If it's a hurricane, it floats in and goes into your pool. So you guys know. Like that. But flood insurance has gone crazy in Florida. So one of the expenses that changed that was really outside of our control was that. Yeah. Started at like, you know, 3000 and then it goes up to like 10000 That's a big expense. You're now paying almost $1,000 a month in insurance. So that's one factor that you can't predict. And a lot of insurance companies are pulling out of Florida for that very reason. They won't insure properties in Florida. Or certain counties, things like that. Well, there's ways now to buy houses and do things to houses that reduce your flood insurance. Build them up. That's why you see all new properties in like Florida and stuff. The first floor is now garage area. A lot of stuff in the Carolinas, the beach community now, the first floor is all like garage. They don't consider it really living space, you know, garage basement type space, and everything starts on that. Eight or ten feet up. What? Base flood elevation. Well, I mean, it has to do with the that reduces your insurance costs because you're if you're ten feet up, chance of the water rising ten feet during something is less, and your insurance costs are less. And you're above the flood zone and all that stuff. So that's you'll see a lot of places now are having to raise houses. 
It's pretty it sounds pretty cheap, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, same thing in New York, Staten Island, right? So anywhere that's been hit with a hurricane, they're all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is the problem now. We got to raise things up. So you'll see that with the new properties. So I mean, I can dive more into the numbers on that, but that's really what it is. You know, it's about $50,000 of income. Now we have property management, we have co-hosting experience expenses, right? That's why I had to start that co-hosting business because I didn't want to deal with it. That's why I offer it out to other people now. If you guys qualify to use it, we handle all of that because it's the same people. I just get to leverage the system, right? Um, with that, we still have properties in that area, just different ones. And um, it allows us to go ahead and do that. But now with everything going on, there's all different things that people are doing. And so there were some conversations in the room about glamping. Right. And this is two different styles glamping. This is a dome home built into the side. Super nice fixtures, super things like this. This is a dome with a picnic table and two <laughs> chairs. Sit next to a river. Not movable. It's off the ground, it's on a platform. That was the question. There's an outhouse that you can use. That one, you get a mattress. Bring your own sheets. This is in the middle of nowhere. There's not really a laundry facility. Bring your own sheets. You got a pillow, a mattress, you, AC, heat, and you're by a river. This one, built into the side, you got a great view of the valley, there's expensive fixtures in it, cleaners, everything, right? <laughs> Two different styles of glamping. Both get rented. Both get rented. These are outside of Seattle, Washington, to give you an idea, so we've got covered coast to coast here, all right? Everybody's got a different style of glamp. <laughs> What's your preference? And there's a preference for it. Some people just want to be disconnected, sleep under the stars. No Wi-Fi, no nothing. They want to be out there with nature. Some people want the comforts of home with it. So it doesn't matter what you want it's just a matter of doing that and if you're struggling reach out to us for help